You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Welcome back for another episode of Televised Heroics. Daniel, we're here. We're together. We're talking about Preacher, Pennyworth, and Fear the Walking Dead. Yes, yes we are. Actually, I want to throw in one more too. Uh, the first episode of season two of Titans came out, which uh, I wouldn't mind talking about a little bit. I know you don't, you don't, you didn't watch it, um, but I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. All right, cool. Uh, as for news wise, we don't have a lot, just like last week, so we can get we'll get through that pretty quick. Um, yesterday. It came out that uh, it's being well, it was being reported that Disney offered the starring role of Kate Bishop to Haley Steinfeld. It didn't say anything about her taking the role yet, so I guess technically, I guess that means she's in talks. Yeah. What do you think about that casting? Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and ask uh, who is a uh, Kate Bishop here. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop is the new Hawkeye, so she's the female Hawkeye, the one that came about in Young Avengers when Hawkeye was killed off by uh, a crazy, out of her mind Scarlet Witch. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so after Avengers disassembled, uh, which saw the death of Hawkeye, um, we had. Uh, House of M, and then at the end of House of M, we didn't have Avengers anymore. So you had what was the Young Avengers come together, start start their own little group, and that first group was Patriot. Uh, actually, I think he called himself Bucky at that time. Bucky, Wiccan, no, uh, Asgardian, Hulkling, and one more. Ant or not Ant Girl stature. So that was Ant Man's daughter. So those four had gotten together to create a new a new Avengers team, but of course they were all teenagers. Right after that happened, we got new characters or we we got new uh members to that team. They introduced Speed, uh, which was Wick and Asgardian became Wiccan. They had Speed, which was Wiccan's brother. And they ended up being the sons of the twin sons of of Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, Kate Bishop, who was Hawkeye, because she knew how to she she was great with a bow. And then uh, Patriot became, or I'm sorry, Bucky became Patriot. So oh, and then you had Vision, the new Vision, because he was Iron Lad. Iron Lad became Vision. Okay. So essentially, Kate Bishop is like an Olympic class athlete who knew how to do archery. She took up the name Hawkeye. Hawkeye returns from the dead. He becomes Ronin. He uh, says, go ahead, you know, take, take the mantle, do it good and all that stuff. Eventually he becomes Hawkeye again. She still stays Hawkeye. So there's two Hawkeyes in the Marvel universe. He trains her to be a little bit, to be a little bit better at, at the archery. She, Kind of also goes under the wing of Jessica Jones and learns how to be a private investigator. She starts up her own team over in the West Coast with with the West Coast Avengers, and uh, yeah, that's Haley Seinfeld might be playing her character, which I'm okay with this, and I'm not okay with this. It's like another thing of one actor or actress or whoever, whatever you want to say, always getting the the all the top roles. Like we just saw her in the Bumblebee movie. Like obviously they're going to continue that storyline, but they're not going to give Haley Steinfeld isn't going to be in that movie that movie franchise anymore because they're going to jump back to present time instead of being in the past like that movie was. Oh well, well see, it sounds like her schedule opened up, so that's why you know <laughs> they're eyeing her for you know uh, Kate Bishop. Well, I'm sure I'm sure her management team is very much like, hey, yeah, get involved in one of these things because it's going to make you all the money. 
and make them a lot of money. <laughs> in in turn, yes, make them a lot of money. So, uh, do you have you watched a lot of Haley Stanfield movies? Um, uh, was yeah, I've seen. I want to say like, I've seen like two movies. So I think her her breakout role was True Grit, the one with uh, uh, Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges. Then she was also in Pitch Perfect 2, and I think a little bit in Pitch Perfect 3, but not a lot. Um, obviously, the Bumblebee movie. There was one movie that was called Barely Lethal, where she was kind of like this teenage spy or college-age spy or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I can't... Well, obviously, we know about her as uh, Gwen. Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Gwen Stacy is as Spider-Gwen in the... The, so the voice of Spider-Gwen in uh, Enter the Spider-Verse. So how do you yeah. feel about her being Hawkeye? That's pretty awesome. Okay, fair enough. Uh, like I said, I don't think there's been any reports of her actually taking the role yet, but uh, it has been offered her as said by Deadline, or Hollywood Reporter. Okay. Also speaking of Hawkeye, though, but we they do have a showrunner for the series already. One of the writers from Mad Men is going to be the showrunner for Hawkeye. His name is Jonathan Igla. Igla. I-G-L-A. I want to say Igla. Um, okay. Coming from a show like Mad Men, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I didn't. I personally didn't watch any of Mad Men, but I get that the vibe that show is had and i'm sure he'll bring in uh you know the proper directors you need for action scenes but you kind of want this show to be more dramatic than just action right right but um i'm pretty sure it's not gonna be all drama though i'm pretty sure they're gonna have a mix of everything they have to to make it somewhat entertaining yeah exactly um but hopefully yeah i mean we're, we're gonna get jeremy renner back you just got to wonder what that means for like after Endgame. What kind of uh, uh, role is he going to be playing in this Hawkeye TV show? Uh, is he going to be a mentor? Is he going to be uh, a guy that needs to be shown the way of being a hero again? Because, you know, as Ronan, he was a little bit more Punisher than he was a uh, hero. Yeah, he was snapping uh, necks left and right. That's <laughs> Snapping necks left and right and running people through with swords so yeah but um i think it's definitely um i think he's happy that he has his family again so it's probably you know back to being happy hawkeye so being you know that straight and narrow edge character fair that's fair uh you know about this you know about todd mcfarlane making his spawn movie right the one that's been in talks for you know like the past two years yes well, i know that one it's it, it's a little bit further along than talks um the the thing is right now it's being held up because he has complete creative control however the people who own the money are saying you need to make some changes and he doesn't want to make changes to his movie so in an interview with comicbook.com he told them that he would love to make two animated series out of spawn one for adults and one for children for children, wow. Yeah, uh, that's how I kind of felt too. Like, I don't know exactly understand how you do a Spawn show for children, but I guess if you can make Wolverine into a child sh animated show too, you could do that with Spawn. You just you have him beat him, beat people up, but not kill him. That and uh, instead of sending people to hell, he uh, gives them hugs. <laughs> well, he probably just sends them to jail. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, but how do you do a, a character like the Violator or the creepy-ass clown, or I guess those are the same characters, but, you know, some of the other characters in Spawn, I don't know how you're going to do that. That's going to that's gonna be weird, essentially. Well, I mean, they, you know, they turned Deadpool into a kid's character from whenever they need them so i'm pretty sure they can have them be a kid character well <laughs> i kid, kid friendly i'm saying you could probably do that with spawn but i think the other characters in the show and that would be in, involved in the show would be a little bit more difficult your side like his villains like his villains yeah 
find ways. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure they could. I'm sure they could. Uh, would you watch either one of these shows if they were on? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Are you? Have you ever been a Spawn fan? Uh, I mean, I like the Michael J. White movie from uh, you know the '90s, the one that's terrible. You like the terrible Michael J. White Spawn movie from '94, '96, somewhere around there. The movie was ahead of its time. It had amazing, you know, special effects. Mm. Cheesy as hell, though. I think you need to go back and rewatch that movie. You think those were amazing special effects? They looked good. Yeah, okay. Okay. I they looked good anyway. We'll, we'll have to go and we'll have to go and see about that. Uh, we'll have a movie party. You need to watch the the early '90s um, Fox or not Fox HBO animated Spawn because it was on HBO, so they were able to get away with a lot of adult stuff. Yeah, so I've heard. Okay, well there you go. Jonah Hex has been confirmed to be returning for the Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's random. <laughs> yeah. This is true. I mean, he was involved in how many episodes of Legends of Tomorrow now? Three? Yeah, sounds about right. Maybe four. Maybe four? Yeah. So, yeah, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Bring him back. Sure, why not? Um, maybe he'll be uh, he'll be shooting people up left and right. Um, we, I mean, we have all kinds of great stuff that's going to be... We, we know we have uh, Brandon Routh as... Kingdom Come Superman. We have Tyler Hawken, Hoechlin. Hoechlin. However you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Coming back as Superman again. So there's at least two Supermans in this uh, crisis. Um, what, what was it that uh, you saw that earlier? Was it something about five teams or something like that? Oh, I got to go back to it. Yeah. But- the Supergirl Facebook page posted it. No, it's it's not important. Um, okay, <laughs> that's how you really feel. Not kidding. I just I don't know. Is there anything anything in particular that you haven't seen in eight years of this Arrowverse on the CW that you would love to see in this crisis? Something I haven't seen. I mean, uh, a Green Lantern for once. I mean, we've been teased with one, but I, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, so yeah, over on Comic Book, or no, I'm sorry, Comic Book Resources, um, it looks like, oh no, it was actually comicbook.com, had an interview with David Ramsey, and he says, I cannot tell you how many times uh, that when he's walking down the street, some people just stop him and ask him about Green Lantern. And he says, but really, I don't have to knock on Mark's door. He's been incredibly forthright with letting me know the plan and letting me know uh, some of the politics behind it. Green Lantern is a tremendously large property, and it's not easily done. If it was done on TV, imagine the cost. So it's one of those things where it's going to take a great deal of preparation if and when it's ever done. So we just take the budget that they have for Legends of Tomorrow and shove it somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like the way that we do some shows now, you could. So if you did a show like Magicians, I'm sure if you did, you did something like that, you could do Green Lantern Corps. Just don't have as many episodes. You don't need to have 23 episodes. Have, Have a 10 episode season, a 12 episode season. I mean that's what they do with legends. They give it the you know least amount of episodes. Exactly. I mean it just it just seems to make sense to me. So that I I feel like if it's Crisis on Infinite Earths, there's got to be at least one Earth where we see David Ramsey in a fucking Green Lantern suit. Yeah, it only makes sense. Or you know. Just him stating that maybe his uh, his ring is out of juice, but you know he you know just at least show us the gr- the Green Lantern ring. That's all we really need to. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, just a Green Lantern ring and a green mask. Boom. <laughs> uh, um, I'm pretty stoked that we're finally getting our Batman, and it's gonna be fucking Kevin Conroy. Well, he's gonna be Bruce Wayne. He's not gonna be Batman. Okay, well, still, you know, because they have brought him up by name, but, you know, we're actually going to get an on-screen Bruce Wayne. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Burt Ward coming back as Robin. Um, 
that's just so so weird because I mean he's Britt Ward is probably like close to seventy and well I doubt know, I doubt he's gonna be in the same Robin outfit from the from nineteen sixty seven or sixty six. Well, I'm not saying that either, but I'm just saying like what's he really going to do? I mean he can't do stunts and stuff like that. Oh no, it's gonna be it's gonna be, he's gonna do the same thing that the that Kevin Conroy's Bruce Wayne's gonna do. He's gonna be a piece of information that's gonna, that they're gonna be like he's gonna be dying or something. And he's gonna be like you need to do this kind of thing. Oh okay, I, I'm sure that's I mean it's gonna be something like that. Just like what we saw with John Wesley Ship last season, uh, or yeah, last crossover where you know he's like the monitor's coming and he just kind of keels over, which. Uh, don't forget, he's going to be returning for Crisis on Infinite Earths also. That is awesome. So, uh, Also, Stephen Amell shared on his Twitter a little bit of dialogue from the Crisis on Infinite Earths. It says, if I let you help me, you will get hurt or you will get killed and it will, it will be because of me. Someone else says, you don't know that. And he says, I do know that. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's Oliver talking to Barry or um, uh, what's her face? But he's already helped out Barry Kara. multiple times. So I don't think he would say that to him. Yeah, but, or he, to her. but he knows because the monitor, like he made the deal with the monitor. The monitor knew that th- those two were going to die, just like in the regular uh, original Crisis on Infinite Earths in the comic books. Those two are the characters that die. Barry Allen and Supergirl are the two characters that die. That's true. We're fi- are we finally going to get our, our, you know, Superman carrying Supergirl pose? Well, I mean... Done correctly this time? Uh, sure, done correctly, maybe, because we got the... The first, the first time we had Supergirl carrying out Superman that way, and then we had... Uh, Nate Haywood Steele carrying Supergirl that way. Oh, that's true. In the which what was that? That wasn't was that that wasn't last year's crossover. That wasn't Elseworlds. It was the one before that. It was a uh, Crisis on Earth X. Or Crisis whatever. on Earth X. Or was it the one with the Dominators? So You're, it might have been the one with the Dominators. Invasion. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the uh, lamest one. Do you think you thought Invasion was the lamest one? Yeah, I thought it was really cheesy. I think I I don't know. I feel like I don't really like Elseworlds all that much. Well, I'm not saying Elseworlds either. I like the Crisis on Earth X. Yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. I I think if I had to pick, Elseworlds would be the one that I I like the least. Yeah, same here. You just said the lamest one was Invasion. I take it back. Okay, fine. Uh, that's all I have for news though. So unless there was anything that struck your fancy, you want to talk about, we can just go into our TV shows. Um, I didn't really see any other news either. that really stood out. Yeah. I, I didn't see any either. All right. Uh, let's talk about fear of the walking dead. Then let's see. Our two episodes are episode five and six, the every, the end of everything and the little prince. So the end of everything is the Althea-centered episode. It's the one that I started talking about last week. Yeah. And then came to realize that we weren't going to be talking about that episode. So Althea, you know, we we find out that she is a lesbian. She likes women. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. I mean, she just seemed very asexual the whole this whole time. So it's interesting to know that she actually likes women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that was a crazy turn at the end. Yeah. Did you think? Did it. you think that the uh, that helicopter lady and I, I don't even remember her name at this point was going to kill her? Uh yeah, I had a feeling. Uh, I was like, oh, this is gonna be it. That sucks. <laughs> what a way for her to die, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, ended it was up living. Got so, a nice smooch out of it. <laughs> What did what what do you think we found out about this secret organization though? I don't know, man. Um I wanted wanted to text you, but uh, I was like, no, I'll just save for the you know, for the conversation. Do you think that um just because of all this that's going on, do you think that um in Fear the Walking Dead we're actually going to find out what caused the outbreak or the virus? 
instead of the regular Walking Dead TV show? I don't think that they'll ever do that just because I don't think Robert Kirkman would ever allow it, but it could happen in the in a in some spin-off down the line because we know we're getting at least one more. Yeah. Because I mean, uh obviously uh, um Althea, you know, she's recording you know, the incidents uh, when it first started, the whole outbreak thing. So I was just like, ooh, and which kind of ties into the whole secret organization. Um, you know, their symbol didn't look like a biohazard symbol, but I'm pretty sure they they know what really caused it or what's going on, and they're trying by all means to stop it. Yeah, I definitely think that they, they know what's going on. Oh, you know what? If anything, since we know that this helicopter and this agency or whatever it is, is connected to uh, Rick. I bet you we find out s- something about the the outbreak of the the virus in those movies that they're supposed to do. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's supposed to have a, what three movie series? Yeah, it's supposed to be three movies. So I could see in the third movie or maybe the second movie we find out why. In the third movie, maybe he cures it all. Maybe what uh, what do you think was the payload? I don't know. That was interesting too. Like. I, I couldn't imagine what it is. I mean, obviously, they have some type of um, goal set in mind. Like, they they have purpose. They're doing stuff. They have, like, we know with uh, the Heapster, the lady that was the, the leader of the Heapsters, she, her whole job was to, like, grab people that they she deemed worthy. Yeah. So that means that this, this helicopter has a, a completely different uh, objective. I mean, you know, you always talked about uh, there should be like a scientist doing uh, tests on walkers and, you know, just seeing how they react and shit. What if uh, they're kind of sort of doing the same thing or they manage to isolate the virus? So they're trying to manipulate it in some way, not making it sound like Resident Evil, but, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can get I could get that. I understand that. That would be that would make sense. I mean, why not try and manipulate it in some way so that. You can make stronger soldiers or people that live forever or, you know, whatever. I mean, obviously, at this point, there's only what, you know, the the world's population has been dwindled down to 1%. So, you're going to need more people to repopulate the earth. Right. And um, you know how they said that they're going to, not the recovery team, but the, I forgot what the name of the team was. Um, the started with team? RE, though. Um, basically, if the team got there, you know, before they managed to fuel up, do you think that they're going to kill her and oh, just take the payload? Oh, yeah, most definitely. They might not even take take in the payload. They were probably just going to bomb the whole thing, just like in uh, just like oh. any time when in those movies, like where a virus breaks out, a zombie virus breaks out. They explain that the the governments job isn't to recover anybody it's to eradicate it's to eliminate so the idea is usually everybody needs to get out of town get out of that area before the bombs come in okay but i mean it to me that seems like a like a dumb idea because i mean they were worried about the payload so you know why risk bombing the entire area without collecting the payload maybe it's something that they they feel like they 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 could it's the risk they're willing to take they can get rid of that Okay. Maybe they have some more somewhere else, whatever it is. I mean, it could be involved with the whole radiation um, that's going on simultaneously. Oh, that's, true. that's also true. I didn't think about that because they are in a giant radiated area. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, this, and we found out a little bit more about Althea. Althea kind of feels like she has to keep doing all these interviews because. When the whole thing broke out, when the when the zombie apocalypse broke out, she was embedded with some soldiers or something like that. She was essentially just getting the story, and then her her brother ends up dying, and not she wasn't there for him. So now it's her purpose to always get the story, or else it feels like her. I would assume it feels like her brother died in vain. Right, that's the same feeling that I got. Yeah. Um. 
And she never managed to get that interview with that helicopter girl, right? I mean, she gets the interview, but it's more of like an off-record interview because the the helicopter lady says you can't ever say anything to anybody, and she gives her her word, so it's not recorded. But Althea is still getting the story, if that makes sense. Even though she, the whole purpose of her getting stories is so that the stories live on, right? And then have some post coverage, you know, after. I guess the whole situation ends. Right. And and the helicopter lady is telling you the whole telling her this whole time it's like you and me don't matter. We're already dead. The whole the everything that I'm working for is for future generations for them to survive. Like everything I do is for them to survive because I know I'm already dead. Yeah. So that's interesting too. Well, you know uh, why she's probably lost all hope. You know, like no matter what I do, uh, it's not going to matter at this point. It's not going to matter for me. It's going to matter for the future. Right. Sort of. Thing. I uh, get it. So the end of that episode catches up to the end of the previous episode where, you know, Althea or the kids with Alicia see the um, helicopter taking off because that's related right to Althea and why the helicopter's taking off. She t- she doesn't give up any of the information though, so that was kind of interesting. She kept her word. Yeah. However, she does reveal her last name. What was it? I forgot. Oh, it's something Polish that I cannot. Oh, pronounce. that's right. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Uh, so then, going into the little prince, this is a reference to what the youngest kid, Max or Dylan. Uh, I think it's Dylan. Dylan's the youngest one. He. The story that him and Luciana were were reading, where the uh, the spaceman crashed on the little prince's planet, and eventually he leaves the little prince's planet, and he says, "Well, how did he leave? He crashed. He, you guys crashed. You can't leave." And he says, "Luciana says, well, he eventually built rebuilds his rockets. Well, why can't you rebuild your plane?" And I have the biggest problem with this: you can't just rebuild the plane if you don't know what you're doing. That's it's not how that works. It, it takes a lot of schooling for a plane to work. <laughs> Well, we can find out. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, they start just—they're just like putting stuff together and like, oh, well, this looks like this, so this should work. And I mean, this is something that if they wanted to do this and they have no idea of what they're doing, it's going to take years to do. Like, it's—you're not just going to have a bunch of kids come up and be like, oh, here's a piece of something. You could probably put that back together. Uh, yeah, and then you have. Uh, strands group like over the radio reading to them what's in the like a, a, a manual of how to repair a plane over the radio and they're like well we don't have that part and we go, well, I don't know we could try this different part then and it's just I, this I, I like this show a lot but this was silly this was just ridiculous to think that this is how you're going to get the, a plane to work hey we need a filler episode that's uh, what their idea was <laughs> I guess so uh, so what was it? The strand comes up with the idea where he doesn't come up with the, idea, but he comes, he says the thing of, we have propellers, but we don't have a motor. They have motors, but they don't have propellers. So eventually, how are you going to transfer those? <laughs> how? Yeah. The idea is how do we get though? How do we get our propellers to them? Well, uh, Mr. Guy who was brewing all the beer had uh, had something stashed away, I guess. They had a hot air balloon. Now, I would never have guessed in a million years we were going to see a hot air balloon in Fear the Walking Dead. Same. I, I, I mean, I guess if you told me at the beginning of The Walking Dead that there was going to be a spinoff show called The Fear of the Walking Dead, I would be like, that sounds ridiculous, but okay. But then you tell me there's going to be a hot air balloon in the Fear of the Walking Dead. I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, but apparently Strand forgot to check for enough fuel because he didn't have enough fuel to make it all the way over to where uh, Morgan and Alicia's group is. And as he's running out, the, the hot air balloon just falling, falling faster to the ground. Uh, him and Charlie, yeah, Charlie... Yeah end up tumbling out of the hot air balloon and i think there's a bunch of walkers coming up on him yeah and then morgan's like hey don't kill him because if you get any of your blood uh any of their blood you're gonna die that's right because we have to worry about the nuclear power now 
you must not forget that Morgan is also taking off with Grace, the nuclear engineer, scientist, power plant lady, uh, because they're, the generator to the, the, the power plant, the nuclear power plant, is running out, and they have to take one of their generators over there to, to help it. And like, But I'm like, well, what does that make a difference? That generator is not going to last forever either. So it seems like you're kind of shit out of luck. If the, the generator goes out, that means the cooling system fails. If the cooling system fails, we have a nuclear meltdown. Nuclear meltdown means everybody dies. <laughs> so, yeah, about that. <laughs> and, um, then, and then Alicia is also on her way to go and save Annie and Dylan and Max because Annie doesn't doesn't believe in the plane being able to be fixed. And I guess in the little bit of head start that they had, uh, they were able to string up about a mm, hundred walkers in the middle of the street through by their guts again. And Alicia goes into full on Terminator slicing mode with her engine exhaust pipe. Yeah, totally. These kids have fucking superpowers. <laughs> so ridiculous i'm sorry so you were about to say something a second ago and i cut you off oh i was just gonna say um even in the zombie apocalypse i think that a hot air balloon is uh, a bad idea um <laughs> uh, not just saying you know because of the fuel but uh you know what if uh you know there's still people on the land they see the hot air balloon like hey i bet that guy has a lot of shit we should shoot it out of the air and you know seal whatever the guy has yeah we definitely should shoot that thing out of the air and that's just not a good idea yeah but uh overall this episode was filled with ridiculousness yeah it just was not it was not a good episode um uh we did see john and Dwight off on their little mission of one looking for uh, Dwight's wife, but two, they were also supposed to be looking for more supplies to help fix the plane, right? Right. And in doing so, they make it to where it is that Dwight's wife, Sherry? Yes. Sherry. Sherry. And uh, where the next place that she picked up a, a, a another car and then takes, you know, she leaves her notes to for Dwight to follow. Well, this time the note isn't the same as before. It's more of a more in the line of I don't know if you're still getting these, but you shouldn't try and find me anymore. Which is fucking depressing. Very. So, I mean, do you have more insight into what the the letter said? Um, no, it's just pretty much uh, you. You gave off the, you know, you basically summarized the letter, and I just think it's uh, pretty sad, and I think it's more fucked up that Dwight, or I'm sorry, that uh, John, you know, kept the letter to himself and was like, no, I didn't see anything in the car. I mean, he's been feeding to him this whole time, being like, hey, you got to keep up hope, because I found my June bug uh, over and over and over again, so if he ends up, you know, getting this piece of bad news then maybe he ends up giving up and john doesn't want that because john's an optimist but that's not gonna help him i mean being the way dwight is i feel like he would have still he would have been bummed you know but i think he would have still kept up the uh kept up the, the the search especially since you know in this episode he's like yeah man it's all starting to click you know you told me this you told me that yeah it all makes sense she's still out there well, maybe once um, once they get the plane up and working, then he'll be like, okay, here's the letter that, that Sherry left you. Like, go, you should still go and try and find her, but we need, I needed you to stay in, you know, uh, good spirit so that we could get this done because otherwise you might have held us back. That's still pretty fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, are you excited about more episodes of, of Fear of the Walking Dead? The end of this season? Yeah. And also, just, you know, um, screen time is being too cluttered, so someone has to die soon. Ooh, you're you're probably right. Um, I'm pretty sure someone is going, someone from our group is going to die here pretty soon. Like, sometimes, some episodes, we don't even get everybody, so. Uh, right. 
I just hope it's not John Dory. He's my favorite. I know. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Which means more than likely he is the one that's going to die. Probably. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go talk about Preacher because um, that show is happening. And hey, guess what? We <laughs> caught up to where the beginning of the season was. Him, oh yeah, him touching down into Australia and falling out of that plane. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who would have guessed that the reason he was falling out of a plane is because he jumped into the plane, <laughs> escaping the Saint of Killers? Yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. No, not at all. Uh, essentially, uh, God has not just been fucking with them, but also... Like pulling them around and you know taking them every which direction and like when Jesse found out that the reason they were in a plane and, and heading towards a uh, that mountain is because uh, Tulip and Cassidy found the the clues in a in God's uh, trailer behind a restaurant. He's, he's yeah, like, that was so random. <laughs> very random. And uh, Jesse put it together like, "There's no way you guys just stumble upon this stuff." So obviously, it was all—it's all a setup. And if he would, I guess, if they would have gone to where they were going, they would have definitely all died. Yeah, but still, I mean, they saw the clues. They were finally able to catch up with with Jesse. Um, but not only is God stringing them along, he's preparing for the apocalypse, which still makes no sense why they want the apocalypse to happen. I, I mean, I guess this is the same as what we saw a couple of episodes when he killed off all the dinosaurs. Like he was <laughs> pissed at the dinosaurs cause they didn't live the way that he wanted them to live. So he, he eradicated them. So maybe you could say the same thing is happening now. Like the humans aren't living the way that he wants them to live. So Let's eradicate the whole thing and and start over. And I guess because humans are uh, have a little bit have a little bit more intelligence and than dinosaurs, they have to have negotiating between heaven and hell, which is Jesus represented by Jesus and Hitler. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty funny how that was happening. Yeah, was it was it Hitler's like? So you're saying if anybody repents before they die, they get to go into heaven. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's the way it works. He's like, even if they were, let's say, to start a world war and kill off a whole uh, race of people, as long as they repented before they died. He goes, I know what you're doing. And yeah, if they repent, it's okay. It's how it works. And I love the whole like, okay, you know, you can have these people, but uh, we get the gays. And that <laughs> thing was, was pretty funny too. Um. What was okay. The, the other other big question is why started off in Australia? There's nothing in Australia. <laughs> this this is true, but maybe that's the reason why because there's nothing in Australia. Oh, okay, fine, fair enough. <laughs> I, I I mean I I'm guessing that's that's got to be the reason. Um, uh, uh, God is also not very happy with Airstar. Uh, oh, he, dude, that was brutal. That was overkill. Airstar lost Humperdoo and he kept lying to God about it. And eventually God sicked a dingo on <laughs> Airstar's testicles. Um, is he dead? I don't think so. I think he's just, uh, like I said, it's just at this point, it's just overkill everything that's happened at Airstar. So they, they cut the top, they cut the top of his head so that he looks like, it looks like a penis. They actually put penis on his ears and now he's got his penis being chewed off by a dingo. Yeah. I see not, I see a I theme running here. Eye. Well, the, the eye all happened before he was even on the show. Right. Right, but he said uh, you know, once this is all over, he's like you you know, you're going to restore me right to the way I was before. Yeah, but as we've seen, God is pretty much a dick, so <laughs> he's probably not going to do that. I doubt that I doubt that the Grail are even going to exist after the apocalypse. They think they're going to, but I don't think they yeah, will. They do. Yeah. <laughs> um, um it, it's so it's so weird too that a character like Airstar. I mean, yeah, he's a complex character. 
Um, I still want to say he's not really a villain, still like an anti-hero sort of thing. But it's so funny how he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm really self-conscious. And, you know, uh, you know, you're forming your figure is everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, uh, we saw I still don't know her name, but the Lady Grail agent. Yeah, I keep forgetting her her name, too. The last time we saw her, she was jumping out the window. Uh, and did the flying squirrel did the, suit. Yeah, her flying which I think was just uh, reused footage from the last time we saw her use that when she jumped off the cliff. Which I is, wouldn't doubt it. Which is fine because, you know, the show, the whole reason the show is not continuing because it, it costs too much and they don't get enough viewership. But we see we end up seeing her working at the coffee shop in Masada uh, with a fake beard and fake hair, <laughs> fake wig, looking like a dude. Like I was like, come on, this this is just too much. She has to hide out, man. Yeah. She's pretty much exiled by the Grail now at this point. Yeah, but she, but it's like she's hiding out in them, and it's not really a good costume. Well, I mean, you said the last episode, you think that she's probably going to end up running, you know, whatever's left over of the grail if they live. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's I'm, I still think that. Uh, so he has to, Jesse has to convince Casty to just let him fall. How difficult well, do you think that was for Cassidy? probably really bad because I mean, he said it multiple times, even though they, you know, they, they bicker and you know, the time, the season they got physical, uh, he said, you know, you're my one and only true best friend. So I bet that was difficult for him to watch, especially everything that they've been through. So one of the first things we ever, we ever saw that I think the first, the, when we were introduced with, to Cassidy was him jumping out of a plane. Yeah. And obviously he survives because he's a vampire. Do, is there a scene in there somewhere that we we didn't see where he bit Jesse so that Jesse could survive the fall? I don't. I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I don't think you. I don't. I definitely wouldn't say that there was time to actually do that. But they could retroactively be like, "Oh, this is a, this is the cutaway when you when we were looking at Tulip that you didn't see." But he, I don't see how it could possibly happen because uh, he landed on the ground and it's, uh, you know, bright as day out there because it is day. So, therefore, you know, he would die. Yeah, burn. That, that's true, too. But maybe he lifts his jacket over his head and keeps walking. I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a dumb way that he gets revived and, you know, because the show just is over the top and i i love it but you know i have a feeling he's gonna somehow end up living through that oh yeah he definitely has to live somehow i mean he's going he's it's his show for one and uh there's only a few episodes left for the season i would assume um he's, he's got to finish it out it's it's called preacher <laughs> yeah um is it possible that Humperdoo happens to be right around there and he has the ability to heal people like Jesus? Why would he ha- uh, heal him though? Because when he tried using the word of Genesis, he scared the shit out of Humperdoo. Humperdoo isn't smart. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's, I, a, it's a literal deus u mox or deus ex machina, de ex machina, deus ex machina, whatever it's called. It's you know, he just comes out of nowhere and saves the day. I guess, but I mean that would be a, a, a cop out. It would, be. and I know Humperdue isn't smart, but I have a feeling he would remember. Like in a way, he'd be like, "Oh shit, that's a guy that you know freaked me the fuck out." I should stay away and not help him. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, well, maybe it's the the word of God that's inside him that that saves him. Then. Okay. Still, don't think it's be that way, but whatever. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, definitely I, I mean as soon as Jesse is outside of the plane and, and falling to the ground the plane you know sets itself right and stops failing and is 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 able to keep flying so Tulip and, and Cassidy are saved but Jesse's dead where was uh, the saint uh, they left them in the red um, I forgot what it was oh uh, the red fire uh, retardant 
That's right. I they forgot. dropped it out of the plane. Yeah. Um, and he was incredibly pissed. So, I don't know. I don't know what's the next thing that's going to happen here. What do you, I mean, do you his, have any guesses? Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you have any guesses? I, I don't know. Um, I was actually going to bring that up. Um, you know, obviously, um, the Saints' agenda changed. He no longer wants to kill Jesse. He wants to kill God. That's true. Do you, do you think uh, he's still going to go through with that? Maybe. Maybe he will be able to maybe maybe he'll be able to travel to wherever Jesse goes heaven or hell and pull his soul out and bring him back to life why though i mean because jesse Jesse's tried running only, yeah but jesse's the only one that can help him kill god that's his whole mission now like you said okay but i don't think genesis would work on god though that's a good that's a good question probably not i don't know what what uh the saint thinks Genesis will do to 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 God. Hmm. Uh why and why is it that that the Saints guns didn't work for Jesse? I I don't think they explained it, but I think he uh the only one that can wield them is uh the scene himself. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I mean they are they're extraterrestrial not extraterrestrial, they're spiritual, I guess, mystical. I mean he did say into planets a, a planet yeah <laughs> uh so uh anything else about the episode that you wanted to bring up no those were all my questions and what the fucks that i had about it yeah exactly uh then let's talk about pennyworth um another great episode but kind of bizarre uh we got to see kind of a cd underbelly more of an underbelly a, a kind of a 70s Tripperific party uh, going on. Martha Kane, who is babysitting Thomas Wayne's sister Patricia, who we saw at the beginning of the season, but hasn't haven't seen since then. Uh, she's babysitting Patricia for for Thomas, and she Patricia ends up taking Martha to a party. Party hip happens to be thrown by a guy named Crowley, who uh, Mister Crowley, <laughs> who was. Sorry really into a lot of uh kinky satanic party sex stuff like the real alistair crowley who's the real alistair crowley oh he was a famous poet from uh, england that migrated to the u.s who also practiced satanism and uh orgies so is it supposed to be him yeah the thing is um alistair crowley the real crowley died in 1920 oh around there Okay. Yeah, so he didn't exist in the sixties. Okay, that's yeah. I, I didn't know anything about like the Crowley that I know is from Supernatural, and the Crowley that I know is from uh, Good Omens. Now, so right. I did, I did I just thought they were going for that kind of that name, but I guess that's a real person. There you go. Yeah, and um, obviously acid didn't exist back then. So, but he did do opium and stuff. So. <laughs> Uh, what did you think happened to Martha that she ends up in the middle of a field naked? Acid's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Acid is a hell of a drug. Yeah, uh, I was watching this with uh, Elizabeth, and someone handed her a drink. Not Elizabeth, but handed uh, Martha a drink in the middle of that party, and she started drinking it, and Elizabeth was just like, no, don't ever do that. <laughs> She's like, well, maybe I guess it's the seventies, and then we, you know, as the episode went on, it's like, yeah, see, you don't drink stuff that people just hand you at a party that you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, she saw either the devil or Baphomet. I, I don't know, with like ten eyes, which was really cool, though. Yeah. Really cool effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's Trigon. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so. She it when she also when she walks out of the bathroom or walks out of a room like everybody is stopped partying and is just staring at her. Obviously, that's part of her bad trip, right? But what do you think is is all this a talk? What is this all about? Unlocking her inner demons and well, obviously they're there to have a good time, but they're probably trying to 
have her submit to Satan. Okay, well, that I guess that's what I was getting at. Do you think that Patricia was just going there to have a good time and Martha happened to follow? Or was Patricia leading Martha to this specifically? Specifically, um, I think Patricia was just there, you know, for a good time. And obviously, since Martha was uh, babysitting, she obviously had to go. Mm, okay. What do you think? I... I think it would be a little too uh, elaborate if it was they want they specifically wanted Martha. Uh, I think it's just it's, this is just what happened because she followed Patricia, like you said. Okay. Uh, Alfred, Alfred killed the head of the, or at least one of the heads of the No Name League. Uh, Thomas kind of figures it out, and Davy Boy and. Or no, so well, David Boy heals really quick for one. Yeah. Um, also, Alfred goes to uh, confront Jack Ripper about knowing who the actual killer is, and he uh, tells him that he need to go meet a lady. Uh, what was her name? Beats me. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but you need to go meet this lady at this place and uh, she'll tell you who it is. And so, Oh, the fortune teller or whatever. Yeah. The fortune teller. So the fortune teller, like at first Alfred's like, I don't believe any of this nonsense. And she's like, okay, bring me the left hand of a killer and a red rose on a full moon. And I will tell you what you want to know. He eventually gets into a fight with a dude. That's uh, some type of gangster. uh, And in, in doing so, the dude brings out a machete and tries to cut, Alfred and Alfred disarms him and then cuts off his hand and a hand <laughs> arose and a full moon all happened to be happening at the same time so he takes that as a sign takes it back to the fortune teller the fortune teller gives him a drink and he's like well what's the hand for she's like ah, I just needed to know that you could do something that was pretty much impossible and uh, when he drinks he's like oh you drugged the tea and she's like that's right I drugged the tea <laughs> uh, so in his drugged state he has something of a a vision it, he sees his mother at one point and then eventually he sees this guy from his unit a captain of sorts and he thinks that the captain is the one that ended up killing esme because she oh. says that you're gonna see the person that killed her right right i almost want to say that mom had something to do with it but why would the parents do that? I don't know. I really don't know. But I don't know. I, I I don't know what to say at this point. Why would it be this captain guy? Well, they explain it in that um, after the um, after the trip, um, they go back to the to the club, and um, it's because he heard his. Well, what they say is because he heard his ego when he was um, doing a pep talk, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, you're stuttering. You know, you're not a man." And the whole platoon laughs. Yeah, but that's that. To, that just kind of comes out of nowhere. This is the first time we've ever heard of this character. We haven't even seen him yet, other than in that flashback. It's just it'd be a weird thing to introduce him as the killer. I know, but I I still don't know why the parents would fucking murder you know Esme. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I know. Um, Lord Hardwood is getting his self-esteem back, his confidence back, and he wants to go after the prime minister to kill him for what he did to him. Uh, good. Good. The guy wasn't a good guy either, you know. Yeah, but, you know, we spent more time with Hardwood that, you know, he's growing on me. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, that that else. I don't know what's gonna go on with that. The the peg and uh, the Sykes and uh, Lord Harwood. You think? Th- I think they. I think their big thing is gonna happen at the end of the season. Like they they they've just been building up and building up this side story with them, and then at the end they're gonna go Joker and Harley on the All of London. Except for, so? except for them loving each other. You think so? I think so. I mean, I don't see him jumping to that like uh, lunatic state, though. He had his nose cut off. Yeah, but he's recovered. It, has he, though? Has he recovered? I, 
we'll I see. mean, he wants revenge for what they did to him. I'm but just... he can talk now. He can walk straight. Almost. Kinda. He needs a cane, but still. But see, that's kind of how a villain is a, a super villain's created. So I'm just saying he might go a little crazy. Well, he can go crazy. I don't care. Okay, fair. Uh, Thomas Wayne is still trying to figure out what happened. Uh, he's CIA, so yeah, he's kind of a few steps behind everybody else. And uh, oh yeah, because they had the No Name Society, right? That's how. Oh yeah, and he met with that one guy in the park. That's how he found out he's CIA. Yeah, so it's right. No Name League and Raven Society and all that stuff. Anything else you want to talk about that show? Um. Oh yeah, I w- uh, want to ask you one last question too. It's kind of silly, but um, so do you think uh, Patricia is basically Alan Tudyk's, you know, mom in uh, in Powerless? You know, since he was a uh, Van Wayne. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, probably. Because he's what Bruce's cousin, right? Yeah, he's Bruce's cousin, and this is the—I mean, this is honestly the first time I've ever heard about a uh, or Powerless was the first time I ever heard about uh, Bruce Wayne's cousin, even though he was in the comic books like a couple of issues, and then this is the first time I ever heard about Patricia Wayne, which would be Thomas Wayne's sister, so. But that would make sense if the, if Bruce Wayne has a cousin, he has to have a mother or father. Yeah. So it could be, but so you would you would think since up. Van was Van Wayne, you would think that it'd be Bruce, it'd be Thomas's brother, not. Thomas's oh, it would sister. have to be that. You're right. Unless she just had the baby, you know, as a single mother, and the father was never in the scene. I guess. That's true. That's true too. I I have to go do more research on that on that character. Yeah. Uh. So I also wanted to talk about Titans real quick. We, the the season two episode one was most definitely uh the season t- or season one episode twelve episode that they just didn't they didn't air during season one. They decided to make it the first episode of season two. So it it uh closed up the storyline with Trigon. You know. Uh, all of the Titans other than, uh, what's his name? Um, Beast Boy and Raven were in, ended up becoming the dark versions of themselves as Trigon took them over. And um, eventually Raven, becoming more powerful than her father, was able to get Dick Grayson back on her side, which was enough to go out and defeat Trigon. And uh, we got to see... Uh, we did get to see Ian Glenn playing Bruce Wayne, so I was still wrong about that. I thought that maybe he was just going to be Alfred, and but no, he's just a <laughs> old skinny Bruce Wayne who is still Batman. And uh, basically, Dick is like, "Hey, um, I know I kind of said I don't agree with your ways, but I kind of still I would like to use some of your money to uh, start something up in San Francisco. So it's the reemergence of the Titans. Cause we come to learn in this show that teen Titans did exist back in the past when Dick was a teenager and, uh, Donna was there and, uh, Hawk and Dove were there. So I plan to see more and more of the Titans and Jason Todd is joining the team. So you're going to have Dick Grayson, Still not Nightwing, but also not Robin. Jason Todd is Robin. Uh, it says that uh, Corey has gone off in her own way. Raven and and Beast Boy will be there. Probably Dove and Hawk and Dove also. And then eventually Donna. So we'll see what else happens with that. Um, but the big one of the other big things, big reveals was the very end was Isai Morales as Deathstroke, as Slade Wilson. He sees a news report as uh, Jason Todd jumped in front of a camera and said, the Titans are back, bitches. And because (laughs) of that, he decides he's going to come out of retirement. And he goes and talks to his, uh, you know, his one faithful servant, Wintergreen. And uh, they take the suit out of its metaphorical mothballs 
and he's like, I've been tell I've been sending you letters and emails about, you know, people who want you to do jobs. How come you never answered me? And he goes, I just, I, I wasn't doing that anymore, essentially. Uh, but now he's coming out because I guess the Titans are back. So he wants some type of revenge. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know if I'm going to like this new season. I mean, you didn't really like the first season to begin with. I just didn't like the end of the last season. And oh, okay. I liked the beginning. I just felt like it, it started going downhill quick. Um, and the fact that they took the last episode of the season and made it the first episode of this season did not help. It's It it feel it felt it. You could feel it. So uh, I hope that we get to see some more Titans-esque shows. Like the whole first season was a very much a on the run show like they were trying to get away from the people that were trying to get a hold of raven because they wanted trigon to show up oh okay uh okay so that's all i have to say about that uh if you have anything you'd like to tell me about those shows or titans i'd love to hear from you uh reach me on twitter i'm at mitchipedia gem gem stands for geek elite media you can also find daniel on twitter at Super commie Daniel. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.